0: God has always sent his followers to reach the lost and restore the broken through blessing. First through Abraham and now as followers of Christ, we have been blessed so that we can be a blessing to the world. And one of the most important ways that we are called to bless our world is inviting others into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. Bless is a new way of thinking about loving our neighbor as a natural part of our everyday life. We do this through five simple missional practices to help our unchurched family and friends journey towards faith in Christ.
1: Hello. Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 18. It Says this: As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man sitting by the road he's, sorry, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, "What was happening?" And they told him, "Jesus of Nazareth is passing by." And he called out, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me!" And those who led the way they rebuked him and they told him, "Be quiet." But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God.
2: Thank you, Derek. Good morning. I'm Rob Jacobson. If you haven't met me before and I haven't met you before, I'm glad you're here. And today I just want to start with a question, and it's this. Have you ever tried to share a story except no one was listening?
1: The craggle, the most powerful object in the universe blah blah blah
0: proper name place
1: name backstory stuff is the special i'm so pretty i like you but i'm angry with you for some reason tower at the end mm-hmm. of the universe put the piece of resistance onto the craggle and disarm it forever
2: great i think i got it but just in case tell me the whole thing again i wasn't listening <gasps> <laughs> Seriously, classic movie if you haven't seen it, the Lego movie. And isn't that the case sometimes where we're telling a story and all of a sudden the person is like, maybe they're even doing the mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but clearly they have not paid attention and you know that they've missed several important moments. Well, today, really what we're talking about is one of the key steps to blessing people, and that's to listen with care. Now, last week... We started this teaching series that we're calling Bless, and it's really way more than a teaching series. It's a framework with which to how to live out our vision to join with Jesus in transforming communities. And the way that we do this is really about just intentionally using the things that are already in most of our lives. Most of us have to listen to people. We could just listen with care. We don't have to begin with prayer, but if we do, we invite God into that. Uh, Next week will be great because it's just the simple fact of eating together, Uh, and most of us need to eat, so that should be good. But um, the B does stand for, anyone remember? Oh, see, look, Joe's helping you out. Beginning with prayer. Beginning with prayer is about the practice of every day asking God, God, how do you want to work through me today to bless others? And then keeping that prayer in our minds as we go throughout the day with the people that we interact with, with our coworkers, uh, students at school, with um, our neighbors, the people we interact with as we go, if it's the coffee shop or the restaurant um, or any, any really place that we frequent, we have the opportunity to actually see and bless the people we're with. So this week is this focus of listening with care, and the challenge is this, we just don't listen well. Like, is, as, a, as, a, as a people, we don't listen well, and part of the reason is because we don't have to. Consider that 2,000 years ago, very few people had scrolls or books, that 1,000 years ago, very few people had paper and pens, 100 years ago, nobody had TVs or computers, and I think even 10 years ago, Tablets, I mean, actually working computer tablets, weren't invented. So we didn't have any way to capture or record things. So virtually all of our our education or entertainment came through hearing. Well, now think about the proliferation of Netflix um, and um, YouTube and all the ways that we can record things. We simply, if we miss something, we can just rewind. So we're losing the ability to have to listen well. I think the other reason is the smartphone. I'm not trying to blame cell phones. It sounds like it the last month. But really, good things. But even 15 years ago, the screen on a phone was like that big. And you had to talk and listen. You couldn't see the person. And you certainly couldn't read much on that little tiny screen. Now, at least I love my children, but they're they rarely use the phone to talk on it. They use it to text, they use it to watch something, or to watch their friend. So, we're, again, we're losing that skill of having to hear. And we live in a world where our brains can't possibly the Im- process all of the information that comes in. Consider the visual and audio, like cacophony of sounds that enter our world every day. Yeah, like that. Our world just keeps getting noisier noisier, and we have to try and compete with it. And the news does this by saying, like, scandal or riot or protest, and they're trying to shock us into listening because it's harder and harder to listen. In fact, just as a challenge, now, if it continues to, I think that's called snow out there, but if it continues to do that, it might be easier to do today, but go outside sometime today and try and find three straight minutes of pure quiet without some noise pollution coming in. It's harder and harder to find and be quiet in our world. But probably the most um, penetrating one that I heard from, I I did some research on, on listening, and Julian Treasure, who did a TED Talk on ways we can listen better, said that the art of conversation is being replaced by personal broadcast. Like everyone's trying to talk, everyone thinks they have something to say, but no one's listening. So maybe, just maybe in a world where pictures, tweets, and snaps rule the world, that the ability to listen with care is one of the greatest gifts we can give to another human being. I mean, this is what Jesus did All the time. Look at our scripture for today. Luke 18. He starts with Jesus approaching Jericho. Now, so consider where Jesus was in the story. Anybody catch where he is? Go ahead. You can shout it out if you think you know. So if he's approaching Jericho, then I would say he's not in Jericho. Subtle, but there's a, a blind man sitting on the roadside begging, which means the blind man is also not in Jericho. He's on the outside of town. And God puts these little things in the scripture for us to pay attention to. So he's, Jesus is outside of town. There's a crowd going by, and the man is outside of town. So the man maybe relationally is an outsider. Spiritually, maybe he's an outsider. But you have to picture this Horde of people that's passing. Uh, If anybody went downtown last February or the end of January for the Super Bowl experience, you got a picture of this horde of people. It's like Macy's Day parade like experience. Uh, Everyone's on their way to Jericho because Jericho's the last stop before Jerusalem, and everyone is pilgrimage. They're journeying to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. That's where Jesus is on his way to. So there is that crowd of noise. I don't know if anyone is paying attention to the blind man on the side of the road. Because he's on the side of the road begging. Maybe you've been downtown and you've seen people. I like to say, well, I don't like to say, but the reality is I notice people. I just notice Sometimes I see them. Sometimes I do a drive-by and a pass-out. Very rarely, but occasionally, I'll do a sit-down and a talk to. I imagine this blind person is sort of like those people, noticed but not seen. I mean, it's a big crowd. There's lots of reasons why they couldn't see him. Maybe they wanted to do a drive-by or a drop-off too. Have you considered who the people in your life are that you'd rather not see? If we can't see them, we can't hear them. And when the blind man asks what's happening, the crowd says... Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now, the last time, when Jesus is first introduced, not the last time, but when Jesus is first introduced in the Scriptures, at least in the book of John, uh, Andrew is Simon Peter's brother. They're fishing. They are following G- John the Baptist teaching, and Andrew starts following Jesus. Andrew introduces Simon Peter, his brother, to Jesus, and they introduce their friend Philip to Jesus, and then Philip introduced Nathanael to Jesus. There's this whole um, thing in chapter one of John that's happening, and when Philip tells Jesus, or Philip tells Nathaniel about who Jesus is, he says, "We have found the one that Moses." wrote about in the law and whom the prophets also wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's just this place that, uh, one of my friends has been there actually, and it's like it's at the bottom of a crater and these other more significant towns are there. You've been there, Chad, you know. And it's like an armpit. Or the being, Nazareth is like the butt of all the jokes. So two guys from Nazareth walked into a bar, and I don't know if that's the joke, but everybody had a preconceived notion of what Nazareth was. So to the crowd, quite possibly, it's just Jesus of Nazareth passing by. They're going to Jerusalem, but they might not actually think about who Jesus is at the time. But the blind man, although he can't see, can really see quite a bit because the blind man shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Even though those who led the way rebuked him and said, be quiet, he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought. The blind man understood something about who Jesus is. The Son of David is this messianic, salvation like title. It means I'm a descendant of King David. It means one who would come to not just rule, but w- to deliver the people. He understands this about Jesus if he's calling out in this way. But the real, real big thing to catch is that Jesus actually stops. Because Jesus, I think, here's an opportunity. But we shouldn't miss that. Jesus stops. He may not have been planning on stopping. I don't think he was sitting around going, hmm, I wonder who I can heal today. I think he was saying, I know I have to get to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is where I'm going to deal with all that I've been working towards. It's where I'll finally heal the world of sin and crush Satan and deliver these people back to God. That is my mission. And so here's, hears, in the moment of that, he hears this one Person crying out to him as he's on his way. Maybe it's like a parent who hears their kid cry in a room of toddlers and knows who it is, but I actually think it's less about superhero-like hearing and more about Jesus expecting divine opportunities that are on his way that just come in the form of interruptions. Maybe you've had one before. I think Jesus is still always passing by and expecting divine appointments. If we want to listen as with care, if we want to be people who listen with care, I think we need to expect interruptions that could be divine appointments. Amazing things happen when we do that. We don't just want to pray for interruptions, though. We also want to pay attention to them in those moments, and listen with care. That's what Jesus did. He didn't just stop in the interruption. He then came near to the man and said, what do you want me to do for you? Now think about that, because when I think about the blind people that I interact with, I can tell they're blind. They're very capable people, but it's just obvious that they're blind. So I always found it a little weird that Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? I also have a problem with assuming I know what other people need or want. This happened last week when my son asked for uh, a Christmas present. Instead of actually inquiring about that, wondering, he just told me and I'm like, why would you want that? That's, you don't need those. Not helpful. Not helpful for a relationship. Not helpful for listening with care. But really, it stemmed from me making an assumption about this thing and about my son. Jesus never does this. Jesus, even as the son of God, doesn't assume we know that he knows what we need or want. And he asks. And it takes courage to answer. But he asks, what do you want me to do for you? I want to see, I want to see. See, Jesus asks the question, stops talking, and listens. So you can actually hear what people need. So rather than give you an example from my life, Leanne had an example that she's going to share now.
0: So listening with care is a subject that's particularly near and dear to my heart right now because it's turned into somewhat of a a, a calling or a ministry for me. In March, I began a two-year program to be trained as a spiritual director or a spiritual companion, which is essentially someone who helps others pay attention to God's movement in their lives through prayerful listening. So two weeks ago... I experienced one of those divine interruptions slash opportunities that Pastor Rob was talking about to really listen to someone. I was in the airport, and I was just off on the side writing in my journal when this young woman, who I later learned her name is Shawnita, uh walked by me and said, oh, I see your writing. That's cool. I like to write, too. Now, being the introverted person that I am my natural tendency would have been to say yeah how can I get out of this conversation with this stranger as soon as possible so I can return to my journaling so (laughs) the first step for me was to welcome the interruption and to try to see where God might be in the midst of that Um, so I made the choice to engage in the conversation with her and I asked her what she likes to write and she told me she had just finished writing a book. And I thought to myself, ooh, someday I'd like to write a book. So uh, again, um, you know, I was wanting to use that conversation to gain some knowledge from her for my own benefit. And I had to resist that urge and make the choice to intentionally focus the conversation on her. So I asked her what the book was about. And as she was telling me, About the characters in the book, I called to mind one of the things I'm learning in my spiritual direction course, which is listening behind the words. In other words, trying to hear um, what the heart, what's the heart behind what the person is saying. So I asked the Lord to help me listen behind her words. And a question came to mind. So when she finished telling me about her book, I asked her. Is there something from your personal experience that relates to these characters in the book?" And Shanita then began to open up to me about her own journey, and I could feel that we started connecting on a different level. She was sharing about some family struggles and some um, new opportunities in her life, and it just felt sh- like there was a shift of connection. And up to this point, I really hadn't said anything to her. I was just listening with my nonverbal communication. And when she paused, she said, I feel so much calmer after talking to you. And I took note of that and thought, well, isn't that astounding? Because I, really never, I never said anything to her. So <laughs> it was more about my being present to her than any words that I said. So we listen with care when we offer our presence more than our words. So now down to business. It's one thing to offer this kind of attention to a stranger who God clearly seems to be bringing your way. But what does it mean to offer this gift of presence to the people that are closest to us, especially the ones that we live with? Somehow a lot harder to listen with care to them, isn't it? It is for me, I know. So one reason I think this is the case is because we seem to offer our best energies elsewhere. So at the end of our work days or our school days, um, we're worn out and we're really ready to just be given to rather than give to others. So when we dutifully ask our spouse, how was your day? Inside, we're really hurrying past whatever they might say, waiting for the opportunity to say, well, wait till you hear how crappy my day was. And with this kind of listening, no real connection is made. Each person leaves the conversation feeling no reward for having shared. Something different happens when we make the choice to listen selflessly. Here's the rub. Listening with care requires time, attention, and selflessness. So making the choice to listen to really listen means we enter into what the person is saying, rather than either immediately relating it to our own experience, which I think we do a lot. That would have been me saying to Shanita, Ooh, I want to write a book. Or we wait, we're just waiting to jump in with whatever we have to say about our own lives. When we listen without an agenda to speak, we hear what the other person has to say. So we listen with care when we ask questions, instead of planning our response. Now, I'm not a counselor and I'm certainly not a relationship expert, but I can offer just a simple suggestion that I've found can really change a conversation that I have with the people closest to me. It's one of those things that's easy and sounds simple to talk about, but it's harder to actually do it. Here it is. After you've listened without your own agenda, reflect back something that you heard from what they said. It doesn't need to be anything profound, something simple like, wow, it sounds like you had a really rough day. And It's amazing how just a simple statement like that helps the other person feel validated, knowing that you cared enough to really join them in their story. And Bonus tip, if you really want to take it to the next level of connection, ask the person how they feel about something they said. Part of the joy of listening selflessly is that when people feel they have been listened to with care, they're more apt to listen to you lovingly. And this is the type of listening that really creates meaningful connections with the people in our lives. And this is why at Restoration, hi, how are you doing, is meant to be a genuine question of care, not just a passing greeting. So when you ask someone how they are, have it in your mind to truly listen and engage with their response. And I'm thankful that we're part of a community that does that well. So back to my story with Shanita in the airport. She's just told me that she feels calmer having talked to me and I think to myself how wonderful it is that we've made this connection simply by me choosing to be present with her and asking a question. But I'm wondering in the back of my head if there's more to this opportunity. And one of the things I'm learning in my spiritual direction training is how to listen to God as I'm listening to others. So I pray, Lord, is there anything you actually want me to say to Shanita? Because up until this moment, there's been no mention of God in our conversation. And I want to be open to hear anything God may want to say through me to Shanita. And in that moment, I had something drop into my mind that felt like a perfect affirmation for what she had shared with me. It's something I saw on a sign one time that really stuck with me and it said, um, when you are tempted to quit, remember why you began. And honestly, I think that's for somebody this morning. When you're tempted to quit, remember why you began. And when I shared this with Shanita, her eyes filled with tears, and she said she has goof- had goosebumps. She asked me to write it down for her, and I could just feel that something of God was happening. And she told me then that, she felt like I was really had been looking out for her and that she believed our conversation was a confirmation of that. So we ended with a hug and just this deep sense that God had did, done something in that short conversation that we had together. So I'm humbled to think that just by choosing to be present for this divine interruption and by listening with care, I was a part of a little miracle of God in someone's life.
2: Thanks for sharing that, Leon. You know, when uh, the person who invented the tele... not the telescope, the person who invented the stethoscope was noted for saying, if you use this tool, don't stop hearing your patients. His point was that he didn't just create a stethoscope for a doctor to listen to someone's heart and lungs, but to actually keep listening to the person's words because the person was telling them how to heal and how to be healed. And I think that's just a magnificent example of what it means to listen with care. For Leanne to stop and go, hmm, God, is there anything more to this conversation? Is one of those ways of pausing? It's the doctor saying, could I listen to your lungs, but Could you tell me what's going on first? And taking even five minutes to hear that. And we need to do that as people because the world is longing for it, listening to the people in our house, listening to the people at work or our neighborhood or our coworkers or those we disagree with or those that look different than us or even those who vote different than us. And then we wonder, God, where are you at in this story? How do you want me to join them in this story? And truly wonder, what makes them excited? What about that gift, son, is exciting to you? Gosh, that would have just changed the trajectory of the conversation. Or the person at work who's having a hard time and you really don't want to hear them complain. God, what is the challenge they're facing? Or... Their dreams. What matters most to them? See, after we ask good questions, we want to listen, like Leanne said, to what's behind the words and look for ways to identify with them in their pain or their dreams and where God is at work in their life. That's what it means to join them. And that's the last way that we listen with care is we listen to people's dreams and pain and where God might be at work. We seek to identify with them, and Leanne said it so well, join them in their story. Because isn't that what we want? To feel connected with or to feel understood? I mean, such a powerful word. When we listen with care and repeat one thing back, someone's validated. Now, Jesus and the blind man, actually, Jesus offered more than validation when when the blind man said, Lord, I want to see. Jesus said, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And then the crowd praised God when they saw this. See, Jesus, when he listened well, he didn't just stop there. He answered the man's prayer, his deepest desire, what he needed. But notice that the emphasis really isn't on Jesus' healing. It's not really even on Jesus' action other than his action of listening. It was Jesus listening and the man's faith in Jesus. Jesus doesn't touch him, doesn't put anything on him. He just listens and then speaks words back. And when he does, miracles happen. God is praised. People are praised. See, that's what happens when we listen with care. We see where God's already at work. We become part of this miracle. And I think we still can become part of miracles.
0: So first I got to share with you the little miracle I was able to be a part of in listening with care. And as we come to a close um, of our time together this morning, now I want to share a, a story of a time in my life when I experienced a miracle of healing in me as a result of being listened to with care. In 2014, I uh, went through a very painful and devastating divorce. And after the divorce was final, the Lord and I walked hand in hand through a long and difficult process of healing and grieving. And eventually, I did come to a point where I was feeling much stronger and hopeful about my future. But even after working through much of my grief with God, I still carried just a deep-seated pain around with me. And at this point, God asked me to do something that absolutely terrified me. And that was to share my untold, uncensored stories of what I went through um, with another person. And honestly, I couldn't understand why in the world God would ask me to do this. First of all, uh, you know, I'm a private, introverted, introspective person. So talking about the nature of this material, that was just, it was horrifying to me. Why would he want me to go through that, right? And secondly why would he want to stir up all of that pain when I was finally in a position where I felt like I was moving forward? And so to help me understand, you know, why he was asking me to do this, he was gracious and gave me an image. And it was like this cup here where the top part is mostly pure, clean water fit for drinking, and that's kind of the space I was living in a good space. But at the bottom, there was all of this sediment and dirt and rocks. And that really represented this pain that I was carrying around in my heart. And this is a little tricky. At any time, a memory or a dream or you know, a circumstance could just stir that up. And then all of that pain would just infiltrate my whole being and some, my, the encouragement from God was there's something about speaking about our experience that to another human being that brings healing, and um, that's how God's created us. He's created us to need one another, and um, so although I was very uncomfortable, I obeyed, and um, God opened a door for me to have my first experience with a spiritual director myself, And I met with her for several weeks and cried through every session. It was just as horrible as I thought it was going to be. Um, But at the end of that, something truly miraculous happened. And somehow, through the telling of my story and being listened to with care, I was just released from that sense of pain that I was carrying around. And, of course, you know, What I went through will always be with me in some ways, but now when the memories are stirred up by something, it doesn't seem to infiltrate the rest of my cup. It's just there as a part of me, but not so painful. So for any of you who are carrying around deep pain in your heart, I would just encourage you to consider sharing your pain with someone trustworthy who can offer that gift of listening with care. And um, for all of us, I pray that we would be mindful of the opportunities we have to give the gift of listening to those around us, whether they be the people that we live with, strangers we meet, or people we know who are walking through painful situations. Sometimes the best thing that we can do To help is simply and selflessly be present to listen.
2: Thank you, Leanne, and thank you for sharing in the teaching this morning. Just invite you as we close in prayer and respond to God to take a moment and consider what it would mean to practice this in your life this week. Not just begin with prayer of God, help me to be present and aware of those around me to join you, but God, help me to see those interruptions as actual divine appointments. God, help me to pause and offer my presence in the midst of those interruptions. To listen attentively without preparing a response to listen attentively and to what's possibly behind the words by hearing someone's pain and someone's dreams and wondering where you might be at work, God. Lord, I'm thankful that you you made a way when there was no way, when the world was literally going to hell. You chose group of people to bless the world, and when that group of people really failed their end of the agreement, you fulfilled it through your son. And you made a way, God, that doesn't just say, let's do what Jesus did. God, you made a way that transforms our lives. The prophets wrote that there would be a time, because your people had hard hearts, that couldn't hear and respond to you, that you would send one who would redeem them, who would give them a new heart, who would change their life from the inside out, that would replace that cold heart that is hard to listen and hard to respond to one that is fresh and new and soft and willing to hear and listen and respond. God, your spirit comes down to those who say yes to you and transforms our lives, and that's our prayer today. Wherever we're at, God, we want to be people who are changed from the inside out, that you do that work, Jesus. God, I thank you for the example of Jesus being on the road and hearing someone and responding to them. Give us the courage to say what we need. Lord, I want to see. Give us that courage, God, to speak it out. God, for those around us that have that pain, I pray that you would give us the ability, God, by your spirit to hear people, to offer your healing presence to people. God, we confess that too often we are consumed by ourselves. We are worried about our own agendas, what's happening in our life and not the people around us. So I pray, God, first that you would change our hearts. God, that we would do an exchange with you, that we would just admit again or admit for the first time, Jesus, you made the way, you were the perfect one, and my life will never be complete without you. God, that it's not about adding something on, it's about transforming all of what is there. God, so we confess that we need you and we need Jesus to transform our hearts and our lives. and as transformed people, would we help those around us? Especially those who have never experienced true love. God, love in a way that listens without judgment or assumption or wanting to give advice. That's what we want. That brings healing. We want to be part of your miraculous healing. So God, would you speak to us right now? And will we be people who listen?